big media believes you should be told what to think. We disagree. This is American Viewpoints with Mike Ferguson. There's a lot of arguments over what's allowed in public schools. There's a lot of arguments over what's allowed when it comes to faith and religion, not just in public life, but in education, because frankly, there's a lot of K-12 through public education that's hostile to certain religions in particular. How do we get the right answer to what should be available to kids while siphoning out what should not be? I'm Mike Ferguson. These are difficult questions. Thank you for staying with us here on American Viewpoints. I'm now joined by Keisha Russell. She is a counsel with the First Liberty Institute, and she's also the chair of their education practice group. And Keisha, thank you so much for being on the show. Let me start with this unusual situation in Utah. So there is a school there that says the Bible, which has been available in their library. Somebody is challenging that as something that's actually harmful to people. What is that complaint about that you're responding to? Then we'll get into the whys. Yeah, so the, the there's a parent there complaining that the Bible is sensitive material. She even went as far as calling it pornographic and saying it shouldn't be allowed in the schools. And, of course, the com- committee took the chance to uh, review the Bible for any sensitive material, which is just absurd and has been around for God knows how many millennia now. Um, and so that, and so that's what's going on. And so First Liberty decided to weigh in on it uh, specifically from my standpoint of, you know, being very focused on education and what children have access to in schools. And so I just thought it was a very important issue. Does this strike you as maybe a retaliation because the American Library Association, several public school associations are complaining about books like Genderqueer being challenged and removed? And we're hearing a lot about book bans. So is this a matter of saying, well, you know, Song of Solomon is can be explicit. There's a lot of violence in First John and Revelation. And and so uh, let's just go ahead and uh, use that tactic. Is this kind of a tit for tat uh, or is there a different argument being made here? No, I think you're exactly right, Mike. I think this is a, a retaliation against the Bible, against religion, against Christianity. And it's you know, mandate that there's some sort of moral absolute. And I think ultimately you'll see a lot of activists that are trying to make it seem like, well, children shouldn't be exposed to religion. Children should be exposed to this or that. And yet they're also advocating for children to be exposed to all kinds of unbelievable sexual doctrine um, at very young ages. And so the, 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 the hypocrisy is just alarming. Let me just ask a clarifying question. So what this case is, this is not about something in a curriculum. We're talking about something that's available in the school library, correct? That's, yes, that's correct. Okay, so we're not talking about an actual class. And then I guess a follow-up question would be, okay, well, Keisha, would you and First Liberty have the same reaction if somebody challenged, say, the Quran or maybe one of the books of uh, Buddhism or something like that? from being removed from a school library, or is there something different about the Bible? No, absolutely. We would have the exact same response um, because those are, you know, books that are central uh, to those religions, and we even have clients that belong to some of those religions. So we believe in religious freedom for all Americans because if the government can ban one religion, it can ban Christianity too. And you better believe it will do that um, if they ever have a chance to ban any of these other religions. So, no, I mean, this is about 
children having access to religion globally um, and not just about Christianity. And so this, I think, is really an attack. I think it is targeted uh, to Christianity, frankly. Um, but no, we, we would definitely have the same reaction. And the case that we're talking about here, just for clarification, in case anybody wants to look it up, is in the Davis School District in the Farmington, Utah area. We are visiting with Keisha Russell from the First Liberty Institute. Keisha, I want to back up just a, a little bit and uh, look at the bigger picture on this. You just had a uh, an op-ed that was published this past week in uh, World, America's Tug of War Over Children. And there's a lot of talk, obviously, about the sexualization of children and everything that goes into that. But really, we're talking about a culture war and what's happening in the schools and what's happening in literature. These are just tools on the battlefield. What role does freedom of religion have for parents or for schools or for anybody else when we're talking about a tug of war over children? Well, I mean, you know, parents and students especially really need to know that they have the right to have free speech. They can talk about religion. They can talk about their religion and their beliefs. Um, even in the classroom when it comports with the assignment, even um, in their assignments when it comports with what the teacher's asking them to do. And so I think parents need to know that they just don't need to be afraid and be intimidated by school officials or anyone else who says that they're supposed to keep their religion locked up in a closet somewhere and that it's only for private expression. The First Amendment says free exercise. That means you're allowed to act on your religion. You're allowed to talk about your religion. And just because someone's in school doesn't mean that that's not allowed. And you're correct that this is part of a, a large culture war. And that's the reason why I wanted to write about that in, in World Opinions is because parents need to know at the same time that, you know, the culture is saying your children should, shouldn't be exposed to religion. They're saying they should be exposed to all kinds of unbelievable things. And we really need to, to you know, win this war for our children's minds. Okay, let me follow up real quick on something you just said, because you've addressed a large part of it, but somebody who disagrees is going to argue and they're going to say, Keisha, but there's a separation of church and state and we have to do that in government entities like a public school. Quickly uh, address that, which you've already touched on it, but just follow up on that if you could. Well, you know, private expression is different than government expression. And so students and are allowed to talk about their religion, but I'll also say that, you know, the government is not allowed to ban religion just because it's religious. And, you know, the government has a duty to educate students in all sorts of, of components of being an American, and that includes um, honoring religious expression. And so banning it is not American. It's, it's just ultimately, I think this is about banning um, truth um, and, you know, separating children from, from what, from moral absolutes. Okay, so when we look at, for instance, this uh, case we just discussed in the Davis School District in Utah or in districts and the controversies all around the country, there are some people who are saying, okay, this is about uh, the availability of religious text or doctrine or beliefs in a, in a public school setting. Where do you draw the line between what should be available under First Amendment, under the marketplace of ideas, and what should be taken out of a public school setting like we see um, a lot of people, myself included, who are saying that's too extreme. How do we decipher between something that should be rightfully protected as in the marketplace of ideas and something that should rightfully be challenged and removed from access to uh, access by children, at least in the public school setting? Yeah. So something that something like the Bible or some sort of educational material that um, is, 
is not explicit and um, sexually demeaning. If you look at some of the laws on sexual material and things like that, it's easy to distinguish. You know, you can't have porn um, out there in the public, you know, and so it shouldn't be, you know, available to children. And just because you slap an educational, you know, title on it doesn't mean that it is. And so that, to me, is the line. Is is this something that a grown-up would even be able to look at um, in the pub in public? You know, there's that line. And then the other thing is, look, there is a difference between a children, a teacher talking about religion and indoctrinating your child in a certain religion. And that is the line that, you know, the law does not allow teachers to cross. Okay, we've just got about 30 seconds left here, Keisha. Is there a difference between promoting or opposing a religion and making it available? I mean, could a school district say, we're just not going to mess with it, no religious text in the library whatsoever? No, they, they, they aren't allowed to do that, but um, they, they have to allow religious material and treat it neutrally, just like any other secular material. Um, but we can't, you know, confuse that with bans on, you know, sexual material, pornographic material, explicit material. Um, and, and that's what this Utah situation is really about. Okay. And where do we find out more, not just about the case that you were working on with this, but everything else the First Liberty Institute does? Certainly go to firstliberty.org, find out about our new cases, including a Supreme Court case we just argued um, called Groff, uh, and all, all the other great things we're doing for religious Americans uh, in the country. Again, firstliberty.org. Thank you so much, Keisha. Really appreciate you being on the program with the update. Tough conversations need serious thought, and that's what we just did. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. Just ahead here on American Viewpoints, Tucker Carlson is out at Fox. Don Lemon is out at CNN. Does that change how we talk about the issues and politics in America? That conversation is just ahead.